welcome to Story Nuri, and now let's begin with the magic faraway tree, Chapter Twenty Six: The Land of Presents. Next day, all the four children woke up feeling excited. It was so lovely when a nice land was at the top of the faraway tree. They had been up to the land of birthdays before and the land of take what you want and the land of goodies had been nice and the land of do as you please and the land of presents sounded just as exciting i wonder who gives out the presents if you can choose them said fanny i'd like a necklace with blue beads and i'd like an enormous box of chocolates said rick you would anything you eat and anything to eat and you're happy I'd like a toy aeroplane that would fly from my hands and come back to them. I shall bring something home for mother, said Beth. She wants a new purse. When can we start, Joe? I'm all ready. They set off at about 11 o'clock when they had done all their work. They were all very excited. It was so lovely to think Silky Moonface and Saucepan were safe again, coming up to enjoy the land of presents with them perhaps what's his name and the angry pixie would come too well everyone in the faraway tree had heard of the land of presents was at the top of the tree that day and dear me what a lot of people were steadily climbing up that morning brownies from the wood and the angry pixies brownies from the wood below pixies and elves even rabbits from their holes the angry pixie's house was empty he had gone already the owl has not gone the how owl had gone too for he was not asleep in his little house as usual the imbosselot was gone and no water came pouring down the tree as the children gone up what a crowd there'll be i hope we aren't too late i hope there'll be some presents le- left for us oh goodness let's hurry said rick in alarm he didn't want to lose his big box of chocolates he wanted moonface silky and saucepan were waiting most impatiently for them hurry hurry cried silky the lands of ple- presents goes in an hour it never stays long quick quick up the ladder they all went talking and laughing in excitement and my goodness me what a wonderful land it was there were christmas trees with presents of all kinds there were lucky dips full of exciting parcels you had to dip your hands hand for those and there were tables spread with the loveliest things and no oh, the clattering and giggling went on as the people chose their presents and went off with them rick marched a christmas tree because he saw hanging on it was a most beautiful box of chocolates a goblin was in charge of the tree he smiled at rick i want that box of chocolates said rick who is it for getting some scissors to cut down the box for myself said rick the goblin put away the scissors and shook his head gravely this is the land of presents he said not the land of take what you want you can only get things here to give to other people i'm sorry it isn't a selfish land after at all 
Rick looked very gloomy. He moved away. How stupid. He couldn't get anything from himself. Then, and how much he wanted the chocolates. He saw a lovely blue necklace hanging on another tree. And he thought of Fanny. She badly wanted a necklace of blue beads to go with her best blue frock. He went up to the goblin in charge of the tree. May I have that blue necklace to give to Fanny? He asked. Where is she? The goblin calling out the scissors. Call her. Fanny, Fanny, come here. I've got something for you. Fanny came running up. The goblin handed Rick the blue necklace and he gave it to Fanny. Put it around my neck for me and do up the clasp. She said, Oh, Rick, thank you. It's lovely. Now, what present would you like me to get you? Oh, Fanny, I'd love that big box of chocolates, said Rick beaming all over his face. Would you like to get it for me? Fanny at once asked the goblin there for it and gave it to Rick. He undid the box and offered it to Fanny. Have a chocolate, he said. Well, as soon as the children knew how to set about getting the presents, they had a more wonderful time. All except dear old saucepan, who would keep on getting the wrong presents for everyone because he kept getting things all wrong. What would you like for a present? he asked Beth. Oh, saucepan, I'd really like a frock, said Beth. Well, saucepan thought she said clock and went off to find the biggest one in the land. He managed to get it up at last and put it on his back. It was a grandfather clock, so large that it bent him in two with his its weight. Everyone stared in surprise as Saucepan came up with it. Here you are, Beth, dear. Here's your clock, said Saucepan, beaming at her. Saucepan, I said frock, not a clock, said Beth, trying not to, trying not to laugh. A frock! Poor old saucepan, he didn't know what to do with the clock after all. In the end, he left it in a field, striking all by itself solemnly. He asked Dame Washalot what she would like for a present. I need a new iron, said the old dame. I'll get you one. But you know, he had heard wrong. He thought Dame Washalot said lion, though... If he had stopped to think one moment, he would know she didn't want a lion or a tiger or an elephant either. It was difficult to find a lion in the land of presents. But as the rule was, whatever anyone wanted, they must have. The goblins managed to produce one somehow. He got a collar and a lead for it and took it back to Dame Washlot and the others. They all stared at him in amazement. What has Saucepan got a line for? said Joe. Dame Washalot, here is the line you wanted, said Saucepan, beaming, and he put on the lead in Washalot's hand. She dropped it at once and backed away. Saucepan, don't play this kind of trick on me. You know I'm scared of lions. 
Then why did you ask me to get lion? Asked Saucepan, astonished. I said iron, not a lion, said Dame Washlot, quite snappily. Well, then you wouldn't like to put in your wash tub and wash it clean, but nothing could make the Dame Washlot take the lion. So in the end, Saucepan had to take it to the field where the clock was and let it loose. Perhaps it will eat grass and be happy, said Saucepan. Oh, Saucepan, lions don't eat grass, said Joe with a laugh. Now tell me, what do you want with the present? Some kettles and saucepans, said the old saucepan man at once. So Joe went to the lucky dip and said what he wanted. He put his hand and drew out a large, drew out large four, four knobbly parcels, two shining kettles and two fine saucepans. The saucepan man looked very pleased indeed. He put one of the new saucepans for a hat. Well, it was fun in the land of presents. Everyone went around getting something for the others. Rick got a toy sweet shop for Beth. She was delighted. She she got a fine aeroplane for Joe that he flew from Helen and cleverly came back each time it flew. Joe got a new hat for what's his name with a yellow feather in it. What's his name got a pair of silver shoes for Silky and she put them all at once. Are you allowed to take anything home for a mother and father? Joe asked Moonface. Of course, so long as you say it's for, for them and no one else, said Moonface. So Joe went to where a Christmas tree was hung with presents and bought a beautiful box set of hankies for his father. And Beth got a large new purse for his mother. Suddenly, Joe looked at his watch. It's almost twelve o'clock, he said. The land of presents will be moving off in a minute. We'd better go. Anyway, we really can't carry anything more. Oh, what a lovely lot of things we've got. So they left the land of presents and went down the ladder to the faraway tree. They said goodbye to Moonface and the others and sat carefully down on the cushions, their presents on their knees so that they wouldn't break. And one by one they shot down the slippery slip. Out of the trap door they heard a curious roar as they landed on the land on the moss outside the tree. Joe looked up the branches. Do you know, I believe the funny old lion followed us down the ladder, he said. Whatever will Dame Washelot do with him? If he won't leave her, I guess she will wash him every day in her washtub. Well, he'll wish he hadn't left the land of presents then, said Beth with a giggle. Come on, let's go home to mother. What a lovely adventure. I hope it won't be the last. It won't, because the faraway tree is still there but we must leave them to their adventures by themselves for there is no time to tell you anymore there they'll go through the enchanted wood carrying their lovely presents what a lucky lot of children they are to be sure and that is the end of the whole novel called the magic far away tree written by Enid Blyton. I hope you enjoyed it. It is really a magical story. 
So, I would like to share something else in the next episodes. For now, from me, no goodbye.